Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, before we start with the video, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Anchor, our, our sponsor of this video. They're our podcasting host website. They're amazing. Let me tell you, it's free. They'll distribute your podcast for you like they did for us, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many other sites. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership at all, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now, or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Chum Chat, another episode. We have a special guest on, as you can see in the bottom right. Uh, this is a guy I've known my whole life. Uh, his dad is mighty famous, and he's fallen in those footsteps. Uh, he's a Clemson wideout as well as a, as a holder. Um, he's, uh, he was going to be my holder, but uh, didn't, things didn't work out, so I'm gutted <laughs> about that. But uh, I, was, I was really looking forward to be teammates with this guy. He's, um, he's a great guy, and uh, no matter what, you always see him out there working hard, grinding, smiling, and dancing. Uh, that's Will Sweeney, so give it up for Will Sweeney. Welcome to Champ Chat, Will. Excited to be here today. Good, good. So, uh, is that Judson there in the Clemson? You I like it. Well, you already know. Uh, well, actually, nice to meet you, Will. My name is Johan. Johan. Uh, Nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. Tanner's talked a lot about you. So, um, nice. Good to meet you too. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. So, how have you been during like this self isolation period? And uh, you went on vacation for a couple of weeks, right? So, how was that? And and what did you what did you all do? Yeah. Well, we had left uh, kind of right before everything got bad because that was when our spring break was coming. And uh, we just left thinking we were on spring break. The next thing you know, we came back. Uh, school was canceled for the rest of the semester, all that. So it's kind of been an adjustment period, you know, getting used to the e-learning, online classes and all that. But it's been fine. You know, we've uh, just been playing games around the house, uh, watching different movies we've never seen, and uh, still getting our workouts in kind of outside wherever we can. So it's been, it's been a fine process so far. Yeah, that grind's important. Oh, yeah. You have a nice – and you have a nice setup in the house with the, the gym inside and things like that. So uh, very lucky. But um, so you're obviously yeah. a, a family type of man and you have a strong faith. Uh, could you kind of run us through what it means to you, uh, your family and your faith? Yeah, well, uh, I would say that's probably the two biggest things is faith and family. Um, I mean, kind of I, I was privileged enough to grow up in a household where they taught me a lot about uh, God and having a relationship with Jesus, but that was a decision I had to make for myself when I became like about eight years old. And, uh, you know, I've been plugged in with a good church ever since then. And that just helped me to grow. And that's definitely the most important thing about me. And I kind of try to let that guide everything else I do in my life, just trying to please God and honor him. And uh, then family, uh, I just love being around my family, love spending time with them and friends and for that matter. And uh, those are definitely the two most important things. And I think that's what matters most in life. And, you know, that's one good thing that's come out of all this isolation stuff is that you can spend time with people that you love, but also reflect and uh, just uh, pray to God that he'll help everybody get through this. Yeah. So um, obviously you're raised by a uh, Dabo. Um, you, you've got his name, William, his real name's William. Um, anyways, uh, what's it been like uh, being raised by him? Obviously he's, he's been, he's been busy a lot of times. I know I've been around the house when, um, when he's not there a lot. And what's it been like being raised by him also as a, as a coach as well? What's that, what's that been like? Yeah, well, I mean, it's been great. I mean, 
both him and my mom, they've been awesome parents. And, uh, you know, about my dad, I mean, it's kind of, I've kind of, it's been cool for me because I've kind of seen him transition. Like, I remember when he was uh, just a real estate salesman in Alabama. That's what he was. And then I remember he came to Clemson as an assistant coach. So kind of up to, like, about fifth grade, he was kind of just like any other dad. Like, it wasn't, he wasn't really famous or anything. Like, nobody, it was whatever. And then when he became the head coach, it was kind of like, oh, this is weird. Like, you know, you're seeing your dad on posters everywhere, going on the road, like just driving. You're seeing people come to school with yabba dabba do shirts, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is. <laughs> it was, was kind of weird at first, but uh, you know, it's just something that the biggest thing for him is that he's always stayed the same, and it doesn't matter where he's been in life. He's always had his priorities, and uh, obviously, faith and family are his top priorities also. And he's always just raised us to be uh, hardworking, humble uh, young men. And that's something that we've kind of just followed in his footsteps from there, uh, Drew Clay and I. And, uh, you know, so it's been cool to see him have the success that he's had. But as a dad, you know, I think he's had even more success in just uh, raising three good uh, sons. Yeah, that's very well said. Appreciate it. Very well put. I mean, my dad, you know, my dad wasn't the coach of the Clemson Tigers, um, but he did coach, you know, some of my teams. And I know for me, at least, the coaching didn't stop on the field. It carried on at home, too. And it wasn't just, you know, sports and stuff like that. It was also coaching on life and stuff like that. So I'm sure you appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. for and sure. sp- speaking of, you know, coaching and scoring and stuff like that, you, you scored your first touchdown against Louisville in that uh, 77-10 to 10 win, was it? Uh, and, um, 77-16, yeah. I think. Or 77-16, yeah. And um, so, you know, just what did that mean for you and, and what did it mean to your dad, you know, to kind of share that moment with him? Golly, it was amazing because, like, you know, you just grow up, being a, I've been there since I was five years old, been at every Clemson home game at least since 2003. And that's just something I always thought about was, man, just first off, just running down the hill and playing as a Tiger, but then just be able to one day maybe just get a catch or score a touchdown. And uh, that was definitely a dream for me. And it's kind of just something that I just always worked hard to do. And uh, it wasn't like something that I, it was just like the end result. But I think it was just kind of a product of hard work and just having fun in the moment. I've just had fun with the whole journey up to that point. And then uh, just being able to play. And then it was my sophomore year, finally getting in the end zone, scoring a touchdown. I mean, it was just an amazing moment. And I just would kind of probably in that moment when I got up and saw I'd scored, I was like probably the big best thing I could say is just being overwhelmed with uh, gratefulness to just know that, you know, whenever you ha- uh, work really hard, it's going to pay off in some way or another. And uh, I think that was definitely – uh, God rewarding my hard work in that moment, and um, I was just very appreciative. My teammates were very excited. It made my dad very happy just to see me achieve one of my dreams, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get another one uh, this year. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so kind of staying along this, uh, alongside the same topic, so uh, we met by playing on the same team. So for us, it was always like a culture, kind of like a band of brothers. Yeah. I'm sure it's like the same in Clemson. So what is like the Clem- being a Clemson Tiger mean to you and like your dad? Like what's that culture like? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great culture. I think that's what separates us from the rest. Um, you know, I mean, there's um, Clemson, that wasn't a traditional powerhouse or anything by any means. But that was the biggest thing my dad had to do when he got the job was create a culture of belief. And, uh, you know, that that putting the team before yourself and all those things. But it's just about how you think. There's so much power in the po- in positive thinking and believing that you can. And then once uh, we got everybody bought in and we're able to get in some higher recruits, we were really able to take off as a program. So, uh, But the culture, I think one of the best things about Clemson is that they, everybody appreciates each other's role. 
you know, the same – and one example of that is I remember 2012, uh, Sammy Watkins, he had gotten arrested for uh, drugs or whatever. It was this was, And he had just was our star player the year before. So everybody was saying, oh, just suspend them the easy game, which was going to be the second game versus, like, Furman. And my dad said, no, like, if any other player would have done this, they'd be suspended this first game versus Auburn also. So he suspended them for both games. And, um, and we actually still went on to go win. But I think the lesson in all that was that, hey, if – if he'll suspend Sammy Watkins for doing long, he'll definitely get mad at a play, a lesser player for that matter. So uh, I just think everybody is held to the same standard and uh, everyone really appreciates each other's roles, even the scout team guys, because we all know we're all in it and all uh, have a role in it together. For sure. Um, you know, I, I recently, I, I was doing a bit of research and I saw that you, uh, you kind of broke a family record for uh, most receiving <laughs> yards. So, so how does it, how does it feel being the best receiver in the Sweeney family? <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was a that was funny. I think it was like I didn't really know it. I think we were playing NC State this year, and they had like said on game day that morning. Not everybody started texting me like Reese Davis had said I was six yards away from having more than my dad did his senior year or whatever. And uh, that night I had like two catches for like fifteen yards or something, so I was able to pass it. But that that night, but that was a uh, that was funny. Oh, and I remember it was one of the funny moments from that was a. Uh, one of my dad's former coaches, Coach McCorvey, who's like one of his uh, – he's probably his right-hand man now. He was his receiver coach at Alabama. And uh, he came up to me after one of those catches and was like, hey, your daddy can't tell you nothing now. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was kind of a funny moment. But uh, it's, all, it's all fun and games. And uh, uh, I've definitely been in a good offense to be able to get some touches and yards. Yeah, I know that, uh, that you and your family are definitely a very competitive family. So I know that had to hurt uh, – Uncle Bo on that one, but I know that he's proud of you and stuff like that. But um, yeah, playing for playing for the Tigers growing up, um, following them, seeing the whole transition from when they weren't a powerhouse to now they are a powerhouse. What's it? Has it? Has there been an extra pressure for when for you to to play under your dad uh, with the Sweeney name on the back of your jersey? Is there is there an extra pressure to that, or or is it just yeah. comfortable? So no, there there definitely is an extra pressure, but it's something I've learned to deal with. And I mean, it kind of goes back to even just being in middle school and high school, just growing up. You know, even whatever I do, I know most people in the area, they're going to know who I am as far as I walk into a room. So I'm like, is that much more important for me to make a good first impression? Because, you know, a lot of times people could just look at maybe someone, a son of a celebrity or someone who might be well-known, and they might just go ahead and perceive them to be a certain way without even knowing who they are. So that's why, for me, I was just always very extra sure to be humble and kind to people. And uh, But then as far as uh, the athletics – oh, sorry. <laughs> Can you see me still? Yeah. So as far as the athletic side of it goes, I also knew, like, in high school – Every single team that played us, they were like, all right, Coach Sweeney's going to be at the game. I got to show out. I got to ball out, do stuff on the sun. Like, I knew we were going to get everybody's best shot. But, you know, I mean, I welcome that because, I mean, that means you know you're going to get everybody's best shot. And uh, I just – at the end of the day, when I got to Clemson, I said, look, there's going to be certain things that I just can't control. Uh, you know, it's going to be – everything's going to be – for me, it's going to be dramatized one way or another. So, if I were to do something bad, there's going to be way more criticism than there normally would be. But if I do something good, there'll be way more praise than there normally be. So I was like, I just got to find a way to just keep it kind of equilibrium, be uh, steady, and then just not worry about all the outside noise. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to kind of play for my teammates, play for the people in the locker room, the coaches. Uh, that's who that's who I really play for and my uh, God. And I'm not worried about pleasing all these people on the outside. So when you kind of just remove that pressure of all the exterior and all that, it's a lot better that way. Yeah, true that. 
Yeah, I feel that. Um, Tanner, Tanner always talks about actually how your dad is like super well spoken. Uh, and so I don't know, like you as his, as his son, uh, is there anything like any quote specifically that sticks out to you that he'd always like tell you or, or a favorite quote of his that that you have? Yeah, I, I can probably think of several. He like he is. It, what's really amazing about him is ever since I've even come to be on the team in his team meetings, I'm like he'll say things and I'm like dang, I hadn't even heard that growing up. But it'll be like, he says, the best thing he does is getting us to think the right way going into a game. Every game we go into, we believe we're about to beat the team by 50 points. And whatever you think that way, that's how you start to act. And uh, actually along those quotes, he quotes uh, Gandhi. He says, uh, your thoughts turn into your words. Your words turn into your actions. Your actions turn into your habits your habits turn into your beliefs and your beliefs turn into your destiny. So everything like starts with how you think. Your destiny is going to be started with how you think. Um, another thing he says, a couple more, is he says, don't give up what you want most for what you want at a moment. So everybody kind of has that thing they want most in life. But a lot of times people aren't successful because they're just something they want in a moment that really doesn't matter. And they choose that and give up everything they've really been working for. And uh, so that's a good one. Uh, one other good quote he has um, he says, you, this is, and this is good for us this time because it's easy now, you know, not being on a structure, a schedule. Nobody's making me get up to work out or anything. And he's been saying this to our team during this time. He's saying, you can play now, but you'll pay later. But if you pay now, then you'll play later. So he has, he has tons of them, bro. He could write a book on all the quotes he has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, on the, I was on the soccer team at Clemson. And um, yeah, yeah. Noonan, Noonan actually asked him to come speak to us for like 15 minutes before we went into our, you know, our, our run in the, in the tournament. And Noonan was like, yeah, he's, he's going to come in for about 15 minutes and then just be, he stayed for a whole hour. Like, yeah, I want to go for 15 minutes. <laughs> he stayed for a whole hour, gave us a whole presentation, and we were just yeah. sitting there like, oh my gosh, like, God, we're going to go, and we're, we're going to make a title run. And, and we actually <laughs> went really far. So, you know, we yeah. really appreciate that, uh, that from him. It was a, it was a good meeting. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, I, I totally believe that. That is too funny. Yeah, yeah. and you know, kind of, we we've touched on football and stuff like that, and and you know, your dad and and Clemson and all that. But you know, I heard you're a chocolate lover. I heard you, oh, you're yeah. chocoholic. So oh, yeah, um, I heard that you went on a trip to the Hershey Chocolate Factory in Pennsylvania. I did. How, I did. how was like that? How was that trip? Yeah, so it was kind of like the thing that our parents did whenever we were ten. They said, uh, all right, so you can kind of pick somewhere you want to go. And I grew up being a chocoholic, and I was like, I want to go to Hershey, Pennsylvania. So, so we went there for the summer of my 10th birthday, and uh, we went and stayed at the Hershey Chocolate Lodge. But it was just so crazy coming in there because it was like, oh, my gosh, uh, these streets are really brown. And I almost want to – at first I was like, Mom, is these streets really chocolate? But no, it was, they make it look like that. <laughs> and uh, they got a cool amusement park up there called uh, Hershey Park. They got some great – that's where I went my first roller coaster. But, uh, no, chocolate is – my mom, if you know my mom, she makes the craziest desserts. And uh, actually, that, I heard something about this special testament recipe where you just kind of take that cookie dough for about 30 seconds and put it in the microwave. And yeah. I, I might do that tonight, get your, get your dad yes. to help me with that one. <laughs> yes, you should definitely try that one. I heard that y'all were trying it this week. I definitely yeah. recommend it. Uh, it's, yeah. it's the best dessert out there. I can't, I can't oh, really yeah. say anything else. Is that just vanilla ice? Do you put hot fudge on it too or what? 
You can put hot fudge on it. I've, I've done it once. Uh, I'm not a huge fudge guy, but I think just a simple uh, cookie dough vanilla ice cream is uh, – you can't beat it, you know? But there's definitely oh, – yeah. you can add other ice creams. You can even do other cookie doughs. If you want to stay healthy, you can do oatmeal raisin cookie dough. I mean, you can okay. do all types of cookie dough, chocolate chip yeah. cookie dough. I mean, there's any – there's any. they have all of these different types of ones. But uh, just I like a simple, nice cookie dough vanilla ice cream. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to try that tonight. That's what we like to hear. So, Will, uh, changing the subject a little bit. So, what are your plans after after Clemson? Where do you, where do you see yourself going? Yeah, so uh, I'm not – it's not something I'm completely sure on yet. Uh, and thankfully, I'm not graduating in December. I'll have another spring next spring. So, I'll graduate a year from now. So, I got a little time to kind of figure it out. Uh, my major's marketing. So, it kind of – I did that because it gives me broad options. I can pretty much do whatever. I've definitely thought about coaching, but it's not something I'm dead set on either. And uh, I'm just going to kind of just take it one day at a time and hopefully figure out something to start out in after this uh, year goes by. That's good. That's big time. Sounds good. Yeah, so um, basically we're going to – I know that you were a walk-on, Will, and then uh, you earned a, you earned a scholarship uh, through other players leaving and things like that. So – um, you've been, you've been successful in life and, um, so is your, your family's very successful, I think in different things, but, uh, for you personally, um, what is your definition of, of success? Uh, maybe, uh, money, happiness, um, different things. What is your definition of being successful? I think I'd have to say the definition of success in life is, um, having joy and peace in who you are and living a life that helps others. Because uh, at the end of the day, I mean, there's definitely – there's other things that you're going to want to judge certain success by. But I think a lot of those things are just a byproduct of being happy with who you are and um, living how you're supposed to live. So, I mean, I wouldn't I'm – not, I'm not one to say, you know, you got to make this certain amount of money or you got to necessarily get this certain job. I think those are just kind of worldly things that, you know, yeah, it's good to work hard and get those type of things. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy, there's a lot of people that – are you know that top of the world but they're miserable and I don't think that's successful so I think just um once you have that relationship with God you can really know what success is like yeah it's brilliant so um you know to to wrap it up uh I heard you like presidents oh yeah um and know a lot about presidents so usually with our guests we'll do a little rapid fire at the end so we actually formulated a special presidential rapid fire for you all right. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a series of questions and, and just answer them, and then we'll see if you're right or not. Okay. Who is the 29th president of the United States? Warren Harding served from 1921 to 1923 and had the biggest foot size, size 14. <laughs> Yo, what? <laughs> and died what, what, what years were John Tyler president? Oh, that's a good one. All right, let me think. So, <laughs> William Henry Harrison. All right, I think John Tyler. Hold on, sorry. I think I think John Tyler took over in 1841. So he either served till 1845 or 1849. Yeah, that he he took over in 1841 and served until 1845. Oh my, that's insane. <laughs> how much How much did William Howard Taft weigh? 350 pounds, and he also started the seventh inning stretch in baseball. He went to a baseball game and just stood up to stretch in the seventh inning, and the whole rest of the stadium started doing it because he was a president, and that's how it got to be known the seventh inning stretch. 
Wow, did not know that. How how tall was Gerald Ford? Gerald Ford. All right, I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna guess about six two, because he or maybe six one. But he was a linebacker at Michigan and had offers to go to the NFL by the Packers and Lions, but he turned them down to go to law school. You're close. He was six foot. Even six, six foot. foot. That was very close. Six six foot. Foot. Very yeah. close. Impressive. Uh, who was the seventeenth president? Andrew Johnson. He was Lincoln's vice president and took over for him once he was yeah. shot. Yeah, I thought I'd trick you up on that one, but I guess not. Um, who was the 14th president? Franklin Pierce. How tall was he? Ooh. You know, yeah, this is one question I have never been asked. Uh, Franklin <laughs> Pierce. What What'd you say? Yeah. 5'11". 5'10". Oh, my gosh. How – as long as I'm with most of these, I'm happy. Who was the shortest president? James Madison, 5'4", 100 pounds. He was the fourth president. Yeah, and he also founded James Madison University. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you. Okay, and then last one, uh, what was your favorite president? Like, most interesting guy, uh, kind of crazy fact about him, just just go ahead and say. What. Um. Well I, I, well, I do got a disclaimer. I love Abe Lincoln and George Wilde. And those are two classics. But I really like, uh, like about 1906 or whatever. There are so many deaths from football because, like, it was, it was, it was much different. There was no line of scrimmage or anything, and it was basically just piles of people ramming their heads in there, and it was like getting very dangerous. So, but people were just trying to outlaw it and ban it completely. But he just helped take steps to suggesting modification to the game, like having a line of scrimmage and things of that nature. So he's kind of credited with help saving the game. So I gotta like him for that. Wow, that's insane. Why do, why do you know so much about presidents? I know, it's crazy. So, like, in second grade, uh, my grandfather, he just got me interested in the presidents for some reason. And whenever I had a free time in my class, there's this book that said, so you think you want to be the president? And it just has crazy facts and had them all in order. And I would just read it whenever I had free time. And it basically just stuck in my head without me trying. And so I've kind of just, ever since second grade, I've known all this, uh, been able to say them all, you know, backwards, forwards, whatever. Um, and uh, it's kind of funny because now whenever I get hit hard in football or something, I'll just be like, all right, 28th president, Woodrow Wilson. Sure I remember the president, make sure that's bad. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was trying to tell him. I was trying to tell you on a joke. That's like, crazy. I'm telling I you, this – I was trying to tell him this man knows his presidents. Like, y'all are going to be shocked. And they're like, well, like, I mean, I guess it's cool. But, like, I mean, I think you just stunned everyone knowing all these crazy facts that about the presidents. It's really, yeah. it's really impressive. Too. I like those questions. I'm going to have to go study up on the heights of all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's basically all we have for today. But I personally noticed on your Instagram, I'm, like, the biggest Drake fan. What was that like meeting Drake? Yeah. Dude, that was crazy. So it was uh, so we were we went to the Raptors game in the playoffs last year, and we were like, I, my dad knew the whole time we were gonna go meet him, but he was kind of keeping it a surprise. And Drew and I were wondering, we like, bro, is Drake gonna be here? They're like, oh, we don't know. And then when we saw him walked in. We're like, oh, this is crazy. He's right there. He's a few rows in front of us. He was up on the uh, court, obviously. And then at halftime, we just went to go get something down like some lounge or whatever. And then we're waiting there, and we're like, wait, what's going on? He's like, Drake thought the was a super cool thing because he had picked the Alabama the year before 
you know, so my dad talked to him about that. He gave him a Clemson $2 bill, which he liked a lot. But he was a super cool guy. And uh, both Drew and I got some selfies with him or whatever. I wanted to, I should have asked him what his favorite song was, but uh, it was it was a quick little encounter, but it was super cool to meet him. He was cool. That's, that's unreal. That's, that's, that's awesome. Unreal. That's, oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess that's all we have for today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Go make sure to show love to Will. Uh, we'll pop up his Instagram right there. I think it's at Will Sweeney, right? Just – one, two, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, just make sure to like and subscribe this, uh, to this video. Go show love to us at chum.chat and uh, go listen to us on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. And as, as we always say, go find your own success and use this, use this time to, to be productive as Will, as Will has shown us. So yeah, go show love. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.